Hey folks, so this episode is going to be a little different than our usual playbill. We're taking a brief break from the narrative to have some discussion episodes and world-building opportunities with the cast. After Red's departure from the Lily, we thought it'd be a good idea to take some time and sit down with Scruff, Red's player, to sort of discuss the events of Red's arc through the show and where we think he's going to be going next. It was a blast, and I really hope you enjoy it. On an unrelated note, I may have been a little bit of a dummy when we recorded this episode, and somehow my track and Scruff's track got combined. Sometimes when Scruff's talking, you might hear my keyboard in the background taking up notes. We tried our best to clean it up as much as we could, so I hope the content stands well above the occasional click-clack of a keyboard. Anyways, enjoy the show. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Tales of Esperon. This episode this week is going to be a little different because the Gilded Lily just kind of came to like the tail end of a story arc. The next couple episodes are going to be our pirates sailing back to New Bismuth and hopefully returning the guns that they found and capitalizing on some cult secrets that they uncovered while they were here. But sadly, that arc kicks off with Red realizing, hey, I don't want to do this. You guys do your own thing. I'm going to do mine here in Strider's Landing. So... We're recording this a couple months after Red actually stopped playing with us because we're like a year ahead on content. But welcome to the show, Scruff. Hey, hey, uh, it's, it's great to be back. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because, like you said, it's been it's been a few months. Yeah, just long enough that I had to re-listen to the episodes to figure out what the hell happened. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> a little foggy on things that happened. Like before we started recording, you said I got stabbed by someone with a tattoo, and I was like, "What?" I- <laughs> I got stabbed at some point. Yeah, to the listeners, oh that was like four episodes ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was a stealthy boy and uh, never got injured, but nope. Not so much. Nope, nope, nope. What's the problem with roads? They sneak in all slick and then they realize they're made of glass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm always sneakier in my brain than I actually am. The dice will always decide who's sneaky. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. For sure. So yeah, to the audience, I guess, let's talk about how Red kind of ended up in the show. So when we first originally started doing like pre-production for this, and I was getting my players together. You were kind of like unsure if you wanted to. I know you wanted to play D&D with us again, mm-hmm. but you were just unsure if you'd have the time to do it. And then like, yeah. I think it was like a week or two before we started recording, I was like, hey, do you want to hop on board for a couple of D&D sessions? And it was like literally last minute. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And this, this was like, what, a year or two ago? Probably, yeah, at least. Yeah. It was like, yeah. we started recording this show when the pandemic started, I think. Yeah, that was a weird time with like transitioning jobs and countries. It was, oh uh, yeah. It was a lot of things going on. But I definitely wanted to play. And I'm glad I did. It was <laughs> fun as hell. And... 
because, I miss those pools. Because of you randomly describing Red's room, it I had to make it canon that there's like an actual boy band in the city. Oh yeah, I mean, shame on you for not creating the boy band yeah. already. Look, play every town <laughs> needs a local boy band that should be written in. That's so funny because one of my video. I just nonchalantly asked one of my players for the other TOA show a little while back. It was like, so does it technically count as a battle of the bands? If two members of different bands just get into a fist fight? <laughs> hint, hint, we have an episode planned, hopefully called Battle of the Bands, <laughs> and it's just going to be an all-out brawl. I think that's but, still technically a battle of the bands, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I mean, I love throwing it in everybody's laps. The players always come up with cooler stuff than I ever could in the moment. And then I just kind of like lean into it and pretend like it was the plan all along. And that's the best part about D&D, &D, right? Yeah. <laughs> So with that in mind, I figured it'd be cool to ask some questions just because, you know, I'm hoping to do this with every guest we have on the show. We have another one slated coming up for an arc where the party's like delving into the jungle again. Uh, but for the, the listeners, it probably won't come out until the end of the year, at least. Mm. What like drew you to tabletop? Like, what do you like about it? Because I know everybody has their own thing. You have some people who love to role play. You have other people who are like itching for the combat and the tactics. And then, you know, there's the chaos crew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, originally it was probably the combat. Not gonna lie. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I was offered to play D&D &D before I've watched anyone play D&D &D or actually knew what D&D &D was. I had a rough idea, but like, I think you were the one that suggested Critical Role, which kind of oh yeah, opened my eyes to, oh shit, this is more than just, let me roll to attack X person, you yep. know? You that's like my bow. That's like everybody's yeah. intro to like, oh, you can do D&D &D for more than just like, you know, killing monsters in the right? woods. <laughs> yeah. So like the first couple of sessions, I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to punch something. I just wanted to like, let's get in there. Let's, let's like kill awesome. some shit and loot some shit. You know, and after a while, the narrative started making sense. Backstories mm -hmm. became more important. And I was like, oh, shit, this is like, this is an awesome ass. Like, it's an interactive story. And, and yeah. that's that's what it is for me now. Like, that's that's the best part. Kind of this, the the bouncing ideas off of people, mm -hmm. mid game, the kind of improv of it. That's, that's just the beauty of it to me. Yeah, that's like my favorite part is when, I mean, for the listeners, I will say anytime Tedward has ever said anything that comes out of his mouth, it's guaranteed <laughs> to be improv right then and there to the point where I have sent clips to Tedward's player and they're like, yo, this made me laugh a lot. And he's like, dude, I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> but like, that's my favorite kind of thing is like you get the the back and like the back and forth. Like mm -hmm. you come up with something and then I lean into it and then that implies something and then you riff off of that. And then we just together build this cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh the moment that me and Sim, when we were robbing the library, oh, God, that, that whole mess. just shit show, kind of like we came in with a plan and then it just went horrible and then it just kept snowballing and we had to just keep kind of like throwing a band-aid on like a huge rip in our homework or some shit. I don't know. But like it was that kind of just like improv. Oh shit. Oh shit. We got to figure out something is is just amazing. Mm -hmm. For the audience when we record usually it'll be like a two to three hour game session which will usually split into two episodes so for each show we probably record like once a month when we're on track and that whole session was like i had never really gotten to chance to play like a scenario out that was just nothing but like comedic fumbles <laughs> and like editing it i was that was my first dive into using like just funny music and awkward pauses to really like make something feel entertaining <laughs> 
And as I was listening to it, I was laughing so hard I was crying. <laughs> yeah, those moments stick out the most to me, more than the combat. I remember one moment in a combat from Red, I think it was the end when he was just sick of everything. And I was like, fuck this and threw a, a what is it, a barrel of gunpowder down a hole and just like blew some shit up. Oh he yeah, so that was with the, um. For, it's funny for the audience because we're like, oh my God, remember that? And for them it was last <laughs> week. But that was when um that Oblex was inside the tower mm-hmm. <laughs> and you were just mm-hmm. like, fuck it. <laughs> oh, oh my God, duplicated. Yep, that was a fun moment to play. Oh, that was like that oh. was my first time I've ever been able to give the a player the reins on a duplicate and just let them go to town. And I seriously thought you were going to kill your own character. I was, I was tempted to. You were so really close. To. I was so happy when you like DM'd me in the moment. I was like, oh shit, oh my god, this is oh they won't know, they won't know secrets. Player secrets are my favorite thing. Like if I can get a one shot session where one player is guaranteed to to betray everyone else and I'm helping, I'm all in. It's so fun. Have you ever done a whodunit episode or an episode, but like a one shot where one of the players did it, but no one knows who did it? Ooh, I haven't, but hold on. That would be amazing. I'm writing that down right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like... (laughs) I'm thinking about like Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Knives out. Like one of the players knows they did it. I'm pretty sure this is essentially just Clue, but with D&D or any other. That would be fun as hell, though. Mm -hmm. It could work out great because there are places in Asperon where like steam trains exist and, you know, serve as rails between cities. I mean, hell, New Bismuth has trains all over it. And there's a train that goes out of the city through the mountain, which is like a really long tunnel, which is like a perfect capsule for a murder. That would be amazing. All the lights go out in the dark tunnel. Total silence. <laughs> I have wake dark up vision. And, yeah, somebody's okay. dead. Oh, I have dark vision. Yep, a whole murder mystery is ruined. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, sorry, DM. I actually have dark vision, so I, I can s- see all this that you're saying. I saw the whole thing. Dang <laughs> it. Yeah, I would be the I'd be the type to forget that for sure. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a really cool idea. No, I love it. That'd be dope. Uh, but what were we talking about? It was like what we enjoy about tabletop. And we kind of summed that up really nicely. All of it. Yeah. (laughs) So I have a question. Minotaur, rogue, sneaky, Mm -hmm. giant, bull man. (laughs) What, what like brought you into like wanting to make red? Yeah. Where did he come from? Forget the jean shorts. Oh yeah. The denim shorts. I wanted to do something completely opposite of any of the other characters I've played, which were, I think one was a tiefling, one was a gnome, and one was just like a human. So I was like, let's see what, if we could do random creature. And then I was just like, I'm going to base him off of something very stupid, which is Clef for the Big Red Dog. Yes. And oh, that's great. Yeah. I don't know. Do, do the do the listeners know his last name is uh, Ford? No, Ford. I did. I don't even remember that. You, you, you what? Ford. <laughs> Ford. First name Cliff the Ford. Yeah. The puns have um, just like slipped by me. Wow. Yeah. And the sneakiness, I've never played a rogue before and I wanted to try. I think I've played an arcane trickster in this, but yeah. I, every character I play has to have a little bit of magic. I, I just need, you know, a little bit of magic. It's what makes the but, end fun. Like being a fighter yeah. is cool, but after a while, you run out of things to stab. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I just want to cast press the digitation to make someone, you know, poop. <laughs> no. <laughs> the only spell that will let you soil someone else's pants. Yep. Um. Hashtag ad. Uh, but 
No, I definitely um, just wanted to switch up my usual thing. I'm usually a support player, so I wanted to try and be more offensive with my playstyle. And I think it went okay. I think Man it went great. I did, I did go down, I think, once or twice. I mean, um, the one time you did go down was when Aurora got you. And, like, that was a hostage situation, and it made for a really uh, cool, yeah. tense moment. But I'm pretty sure you woke up after the fact and headbutted her anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I thought that whole time you weren't gonna do it. Nah, he's not gonna do it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I got, I got player immunity. I could totally just like make it out of this. And nope. I mean, I did make it out, but it, yeah, I didn't think I'd go down from that. That yeah. was one of my favorite things. Is like a lot of players are like, I'm the main character. I am the protagonist of my story. I'm invincible. And mm -hmm. then you're suddenly reminded that you're not very swiftly. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Like, that I mean, you a... you know a little bit about this because I've talked about it before, but one of my favorite reminders of that was, um, I actually was just talking about this on my friend's show, Beholder to No One, but an encounter that I ran, like, I knew the party was feeling tough and invincible, so I put them up against the mob boss who was virtually indestructible, except for one gimmick, and the fighter in the party was just like, I'm gonna kill him, I wanna beat him up, and then he let loose oh, all yeah. of his attacks and then immediately got knocked unconscious. <laughs> Yep. they're like oh no what moments. have we done yeah. because a lot of players do just feel invincible because you know like you said it's they're the the protagonist and in, in their version of this campaign but when you get close to dying no 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 yeah i think i've rolled death saving throws twice in all of my D. &D. what um, only twice twice i'm pretty sure yeah i said twice yeah, and twice, I mean, in like one instance, I had to roll, you know, how you have three three ticks. I had to do two of them, and then I got picked up. Oh, dang. So that I mean, you still days. cut it close. Yeah, that was the closest I've ever gotten. And, and since then, I'm just like, mm, okay, this is my baby. Let's not do anything too stupid, because I don't want to make a new character with this, this backstory I'm invested in. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, because there's a certain point where you're like, I'm, I don't want this character to go away. Which, you mm -hmm. know, if, if your DM's good and they can finagle it right, you can, like, really work it into something cool. Yeah. yeah. But, or if your players or your teammates are good enough and smart enough to have, like, the means to bring you back, that's always nice. But Or, like, I've been reading and um, there's a new book that just came out. It's the Guide to Ravenloft, but it's basically, like, how to do horror in, mm. like, a D&D &D setting. And they give you all these places called Dark Domains, which are, like, these pocket dimensions where, like, Imagine if someone super evil was just in prison there, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's like a Genjutsu from Naruto <laughs> where they like, they believe they're the king of this place and they have infinite power there because it's just a pocket plane designed to trap them. And like the more mm -hmm. they believe they're powerful, the longer they get stuck there. And like one of the cool things is like, if something bad happens to your party, they can like attempt to reach out and take a gift from like a dark power to like, let's, one of the suggestions is like, if a player dies, what happens? Oh, you can beg some eldritch evil horror who's like watching the horizon for people to die and start making their way to the afterlife just so they can like dish out deals. That's something I've never had happen. Like a player is like, oh, I will sacrifice my soul to keep this person alive. That would be so dope though. If that's an option, I'm going to just promote that every time. If I ever die, hey, listen, listen, we, we can make this work. I'll just, you know, sell my character's soul. It's perfectly fine. I'll come back nothing bad will happen <laughs> you wake up covered from blood huh <laughs> yeah. that's weird how did that happen, did this happen? <laughs> right one thing i really like about DD is when dms break the rules of DD 
Just like throw and them like, out the window. Yeah, but like not in like an overriding shit. Just like using the mechanics to do something else. I know exactly what you mean. Skill but... checks. Oh, yep, yep. Skill checks to like get through certain bosses or encounters instead of just fighting them out. Mm-hmm. You can do skill checks to kind of like make your way through them. Love it. Because it's, it's like you understand the mechanics, but it's refreshing to see them used in a different way. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like even in my one shot games and stuff, I'm always trying to push the envelope because I mean, I don't know if you realized any. T- I mean, you probably did because of how long combat takes, but I hate oh, yeah. running combat in D&D. Ooh. Which is the irony of it is I didn't realize D&D was a combat centric like murder engine until I was neck deep into a podcast. And I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah, but now, I'm, you know, but trying to bend it to get it. So it like you can use a skill check to get out of a encounter for sure. So you don't have mm-hmm. to just like fight everybody and murder everybody. Yeah. And honestly, after like your level, I mean, once you're like level what, 15, it's almost impossible to miss a hit, right? I mean, yeah, on most like common yeah. people. I think, what was it? There's like a moment in Critical Role where um, their rogue, who I think he was like level 15 or something at the time, he met like a fan. And like to teach the fan a lesson that being a hero is brutal, he was like, I'm just going to hit him with my dagger and hit him with oh, sneak yeah. attack damage. And he did like 70 damage to an actual commoner. <laughs> and they had to like yeah. heal him back to life. And he was like, damn, I hit way harder than I thought. Right? The back of the fucking dagger, not even like a stab, yep. just like a little... Boop, on the back of the head. Bonk! Their head caves in. Oh, no. Shit. I've never played in a game, like, as a player or a GM, that hit that tier of play. I usually start them somewhere around level 3 to 5, and they usually peer out around level 10. Just because mm. life happens, but... Right, right. It's hard to keep a long campaign going. Yeah, with, oh, uh, obviously. Yeah, but I, I do think starting off at, like, 5... 5 is the perfect level to start at for me. I don't know why, it's just... Probably because the one shot that I've had that that started everything. When I start the second campaign I was in started with a one shot where we were level five and it just smooth sailing. You know, you feel it's, strong. You're like just you far feel... enough away. I, I hate levels one to three because you're basically until you get like your capstone thing in your class that sets you apart from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like it's a survival horror simulator when you can like encounter a regular deer in the woods and one kick to the face might kill you. It's not like. <laughs> it's not yeah. to me that's not fun <laughs> mm-hmm. when the deer has a higher ac than you you start to question things you know mm-hmm. it's like should i be an adventurer why is that deer mean mugging me like <laughs> oh god which is funny because next week's episode thurbash is literally getting his ass kicked by a deer i'm picturing that one scene from that one anime oh is it with the principal yeah the, the principal is just wrestling the deer imagine that but the deer is has the combat prowess of the principal. <laughs> oh my god. And it's just Thurbash getting his shit kicked in. Mm. You know what I would like to see? You put my my former crewmates in. Um so this is a, this is a question that I had written down is what's some stuff you would like to see in like the story in the Asperon, which is pretty cool. I want to see them scared out of their mind. Because I think every single one of them for lack of a better term, is a big baby, specifically Riley. And I just want to see them caught in some spooky shit. So recently, I can tell you this, listeners, subtle spoilers, but not much. I know Riley was recently scared, frightened, because um, he accidentally made a deal with someone and gave up his scream. <laughs> like, he literally can't yell for oh. two days. <laughs> and I know you, Carolina's Blair, Ioana was... Or, Damn, I got that backwards, didn't I? My brain is soup today. 
folks. But um, Ioana's player, Carolina, was like, nope, 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 nope. The moment Riley couldn't scream, she was like, I gotta get out of here. No, uh-uh, no. <laughs> I mean, but is that a blessing or a curse? I'm, I'm thinking that's a blessing. I mean, I was like, yeah, you can, like, if you get spooked, you won't scare anybody. But I was also like, if something grabs you and you're too far away. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, I haven't given them anything quite horrifying yet. I think we're approaching that part in the next, like, technically for us, if for the recording, it would be arc three. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the audience is about to go through arc two, which is a cool, like, shipwreck thing. And I got to use my favorite monster, which is a flail snail. They're just so cool. God. <clears throat> snail mail. Yep. The big ass treasure hunting snails that eat gold. Mm-hmm. They're They're like... It's like seeing a tornado slowly come towards you. <laughs> very slowly. Very, very, very slowly, but you're walking, you know? You're not even running away. You're just like, oh shit, I gotta like I gotta walk faster, you know? So let's swing back around and talk about red. Okay. So I mean this might be a little big picture, and if you don't have an answer, absolutely cool, because we can kind of talk about it. That's the whole point. What kind of impact do you think or would you like to think that red might have had on like the story going forward and by that i mean like something that he brought to the table that might be a vacuum now or like something that he brought up that might you know change things or or just like what kind of effect do you want red to have on the story going forward because the audience isn't going to see him for a while um and we've kind of left it off so he's off doing his own thing which is something Um, i've never done before it's interesting (laughs) yeah i think red was not the voice of reason because he was definitely the reason they did very stupid things. But I think Red gave people like, or at least I would hope with him leaving, it gave them a chance to realize how big of a thing that they're about to tackle. You know, I think he's the only character that that was hesitant on it. Mm-hmm. I think everyone else was like, oh, okay, so there's a bigger, let's, we'll, we'll punch it. We'll, we'll shoot it in the face. We'll go handle it. Um, he's like, hold up, this if this this seems like a very, very deep network of uh shit that we're about to step in. And then the fan's gonna turn on and it's gonna get everywhere. So like should uh, you know, slow it down a bit. I think um, that's that's a great point because he was like more about like the practicality of like I I'm in debt. I'm in a lot of debt and I need to make right? money and saving the world from a cult may be lucrative, but that might also stop me from making money. <laughs> and living. Yeah. You know, I kinda wanna enjoy stealing shit, you know, and gambling it away. But you know, student loans, it's a bitch. <laughs> oh yeah, loans. let's hold off. Let's talk about that a little bit because I oh the the funny <laughs> prank was the I say prank because I didn't tell any of the other players this. The premise of the party was you're all wizards and you all go to school together. And like most of you are roommates. Red was, you know, the roommate in the beginning. He was the one that found them the job. Um, Ioana was, she knew them at school through mutual studies, but she kind of lived in the monastery off in the other district of the city. But like the gimmick was that you guys are all wizards and you decide to all drop out of college, like a, a party of wizard college dropouts. But the part that I didn't tell anyone, what I just kind of left as a fun secret for them all to figure out on the way, that in some way, each one of them was never actually like a student at the school. And I think Red was like the only character that actually stuck to the, I actually did go to the school. <laughs> I was the dumbass that actually enrolled in classes and paid tuition 
everyone else just was stealing their education, which is the better option, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> as a rogue and, now, maybe that's, yeah, is rogue, that why you became a oh rogue? Kind of, yeah. Fuck this. Yeah, he needed to. He didn't need to make money, so he started stealing shit for people. And I could have just stole the education in the first place, and I wouldn't be in debt. But you know, that's who fucking knows. I could have been a wizard. I could have just been a, a a normal wizard instead of a big red sneaky dog. Red always reminded me of like he, there's a story that always floats around tabletop every once in a while of. It was the like the stereotypical barbarian. I think it was like the guy's a half orc. He's like ten feet tall, um, mm -hmm. and he's a rogue. But his dex is awful, and his intimidation was ridiculously high. So he would be like, "I roll for stealth. I roll a two. They all look at you. I yell, "You don't see me," and flex. Everyone looks away. <laughs> and like Red feels like the embodiment of that. Like this big guy that like sometimes he fails on on stealth checks and that's fine because i wouldn't want to catch this giant muscular man in jorts eyeing me up <laughs> right oh god i should have put him in a jumper but that, that's you know i like i like the jorts so if red shows up we've left him in a nice spot he might you know we might be able to do one shots or something a little down the line if that's something that interests you but mm -hmm. when it comes to red at this point do you see him in terms of classes, like going more into magic or like dialing back into like the roguish kind of thing, like getting better at being um, sneaky. That's a good question. I think I think he would double down in rogue. I think he's going to realize that he chose the wrong major. He was doing it because he thought it was a wealthy, you know, thing. Wizards make money, right? I mean, rogues make money, too, just in a different way. Yeah. Um, oh, this this is so real. So real. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, you know, playing off my, my, my real life right here because I, I didn't drop out, but I don't use the degree that I have. Yeah, um, you found a path, you know, you made your own path with that degree afterwards that got you somewhere stealing, cooler. Not stealing. But yeah, I think he would be, I think, helping with the slimes and seeing the impact that it makes. This is all hypothetical because it hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. um, seeing the impact that it had on, I guess... Was it a small town that, that they were going to attack? Either way, it's not the big city that he's from. Yeah, um, yeah. So basically, like, Strider's Landing was a small outpost of the stewards. Like, the only people that live there are people who are looking to go into the jungle for, like, to experience nature respectfully. Or wow. they're stopping here for supplies on their way out to the, you know, the vast ocean. Um, mm. And, like, y'all unleashed, what, maybe 20 no. of these little oblex creatures right. which like the scary part is the way an oblex works is like each one of those little minions has the potential to become the big red scary one that you blew up yeah yeah i would hope with exterminating that and seeing the impact that it has on on the town he would kind of say fuck what he should be doing with the whole paying off his loans and then doing god knows what else and just try and make an impact now whether that's you know popping up to help out every now and then or just finding his own way to make because he knows the scenario of the big bad mm -hmm. and he and knows there's something lurking he's know there's something lurking so either finding a way to just kind of poke at that bear but you know just trying to help people instead of um yeah i i like that too because like he was you know presented with this big looming threat that's like oh this is definitely evil and it could kill everyone and you're like I'm going to back away from that for a bit. I don't feel experienced enough to handle this problem. 
right, and then like right. you're walking it like you you slowly meander your way back to going okay now i feel confident enough to, to deal with this thing and it's more of like doing it for the right reasons because right now he well back then or i guess technically right now because it just came out but he's doing it for money mm -hmm. and if he finds a reason to do it for something else you know doing it for the fact that you know people are dying mm -hmm. helping them out saying the, the good path then I think it would be easier for him to make those decisions and and risk more for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, that that makes a lot of sense because like he's finding the conviction of like, hey, I can do good. You're like, you know, you you just fucked off to the jungle, like you just went on a essentially a beach vacation for a short amount of time after this, and then you're like, hey, I don't think a loan shark can get me out here, like <laughs> it's literally just me, these five rangers, and hey, look, that's a dinosaur. I don't think. He's Red is literally living a millennial's dream. <laughs> Just, yep, bye. I don't care. Not paying those. You I'm, guys can't catch me. <laughs> I'm too big and I'm too invisible. <laughs> Just slips into the jungle. Yep. Yep. That's Red for you. Now, I like that a lot. So, like, the end goal here at some point is Carolina wants to DM a one shot with the oozes of like mm -hmm. the stewards going to take care of them and that's where we bring in like some other guests of the show or you know just with the cast whoever feels into that kind of session and it'd be like a fun bonus episode we can do down the line that'd be awesome it sounds awesome yeah i'm i think i'm gonna be a player in that which literally hasn't Ooh. happened in i mean aside from our holiday one shots has not happened in a very long time <laughs> oh player mike yeah this is gonna be interesting. i'm afraid to have carolina as a dm if you think i'm like gung-ho Ooh. she is uh i don't know just she tells me about her home games a lot and at one point redacted just in case carolina's players are listening insert spooky campaign secrets here you are in grave danger oh no yeah like oh, it's just no. a big red button that if you push it you're gonna be in trouble real fast oh god so We're yeah i'm die. a little nervous to see what <laughs> that is death yeah, that's absolute death. I'm very nervous to see what kind of nonsense and brutality she brings to the table, but I think it'll be a good change of pace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. If you'd like more where that came from, please take the time to support us by following us on Twitter, reviewing us on Podchaser, or iTunes, or, you know, maybe just sharing us with your friends. It goes a long way to help out indie shows like ours, especially if you enjoy our stories. Now you can also support us directly by buying some cool merch from our Redbubble, which will be linked in our episode description. If you want to learn more about the show or name your very own non-player character, check out our website at www.toapodcast.com. We have a nice little section where you can submit names to the show. So if you want to name someone called Bibblebop the Thornwhacker, go for it. Just please don't be vulgar. This week, I'd like to give a shout out to Four Orbs Podcast. Dave has been a good friend of the show and is kind enough to allow the community to use his music from their show. That's awesome. It's just free out there as long as you credit it. And you should because it's awesome. Check them out. You're in for a real treat. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so we're, we are at the half hour mark, which is great. We just it's... talked about red that whole time, which is what I was hoping for. So cool world building thing. Long term, I hope to 
talk to guests, players, and things like that, and we like work together and build something cool for Esperon. And maybe this can be like a nice little sample of it, like a nice refresher. I talked to Scruff off mic, and we can't. We had like one little tiny nugget of an idea, and I think we're just gonna run with it. So to kick this off, what's something that you really enjoyed about playing in Asperon before? Something I really enjoyed about the world? Yeah, or like something you've encountered that you like was felt like different, like something that like caught your attention in a way you didn't expect, or just something you're like, oh my God, I love this and it shows up everywhere and I still love it. Mm -hmm. This is gonna sound weird. Okay. But the boats. Oh, just like the ships in general? Just love, yeah. Yeah, the ships. I love the ships. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think, because I uh, mean, it's a pirate sure. show. That's all on brand yeah. for sure. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> love just the whole pirateness of it. But I'm going. I'm going to try and get more detailed. Okay, let's see. Something that just boom. Let's say funny. Twenty five episodes recorded, and we still have not had a ship battle. Really? <laughs> We've had a ship wreck. Oh, we almost had it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys came dangerously yeah. close to tangling with one of the scariest ships on the ocean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we stole a, another ship. Yeah. I love after... the boats too. I just know nothing about them, which might show pretty quickly on the um, <laughs> the actual podcast. Right. 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 Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Something that I love about the show specific. Or just like, yeah, them. something about the world. It doesn't necessarily have to be the show. I love how like modern it is. If that make like the yeah, technology. Yeah. yeah, so it has like that. There's there's things that are involved. Like it is fantasy, but like there are modern elements to it. It's not quite mm -hmm. steampunk, but it's not quite like, you know. Right. Like when me and Sim were trying to catch the boat on time, did didn't we like catch an elevator? Yeah, yeah. There's like there was an elevator that leads it. up to the city and you guys took like a train into the yeah. like I had the, like um, no money for it and shit. It was it was really cool. <laughs> This is very different. Like, it felt both like fantasy, but also very just easy to visualize us catching a train because we were late, you know, like okay. rushing to catch the uh, fucking like early train or some shit. It was that was really fun. OK, so I have a I have a little pitch for you here that I think mm -hmm. you might like. You like the kind of like little bit of modern things. And I know just from like being your friend that you have like a, a tendency to enjoy mechanical things. Um, uh, yes. I was running a one shot for some friends mm -hmm. and they went into a shop or kind of they sent a little imp in. This was like a home game. But I like put in something that was very clearly modern and it just went over their heads. Was it a Starbucks cup? No. <laughs> for Game <laughs> of Thrones. <laughs> no, very close. They saw a glowing light in the back of this abandoned shop. So they sent their like imp familiar in and he came back with these like potion bottles. And one of them was peach, like peach flavored. It had a little peach icon, like a peach illustration on it. And the other one was like a peach lemony. And they were like, okay, these are definitely magic potions. Let's figure out what they do. And they threw one at a zombie. And it was the half and half. And it hit the zombie. And he grew three sizes and then suddenly got healed and full of energy. And we like tied off the session with me going... It didn't occur to any of them in the moment. I was like, and you notice that there's a little stupid factoid inside the cap and on the front of the bottle covered in dust and like worn away, it says Snapel. Like, 
Oh my god. Like if they read it, they would think it was Elvish or something. But they clearly mm-hmm. pillaged an actual vending machine with two Snapples in them. Um, That's fucking hilarious. So my pitch to you, what's what would be a fun modern thing we can just jam into fantasy? So like our ne- literally our next recording session, they're going on like a shopping trip. So mm-hmm. they're going to be in the city and there's opportunity for tons of little cool modern like things or me- like mechanical stuff that you just like hand wave away as, oh, that's like artifice with magic or something. But it's like clearly, oh, this is just a modern thing with like a new aesthetic slapped on it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Let's, let's go over everyone's classes real quick. We have mm-hmm. a wizard and we have a, Oh, everyone's dual class, right? Yeah, so the we wizard, have yeah, Riley barbarian. Is, yeah, Riley's a wizard warlock. Warlock. Yoana is a wizard barbarian. And Zira is just full wizard. Gotcha, gotcha. Hmm. Let's think. You said they're going on a shopping trip. Are they, are they going to um... Yeah, so they recently just visit, visited like a magic alley. Hmm. It's like a whole a street full of magic stuff. And then I think tomorrow they're going clothes shopping, specifically because Joanna was like, Riley, why are you still wearing your weird all black school robes? <laughs> like, you don't go there anymore. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Are there cameras in D&D? No, but let's make it. <laughs> okay. Like, traditionally, like, I mean, magic items, absolutely not. I mean, there's things that you could call cameras. It's like, oh, this rock is enchanted with a spell that lets you scry. But, like, that's nothing. We can just, like, clearly make it up. So yeah, if we so what what are you thinking the the, thinking the antics would be the the selling point like the I guess the description of it would be or the effects would be to blind someone like with the flash of the camera, and then like half a day later it just shits out an image like a super <laughs> it's super a delayed the fucking Polaroid camera yes it's like oh, an instant just blindness for two turns or some shit. We're gonna give them an actual Polaroid camera. I have no idea how the mechanics will work. No, it doesn't need to. It doesn't though. matter. <laughs> the deed is done. So Polaroid cameras. Um, if it's going to be Polaroid, how are we going to disguise that it's Polaroid? Because um, Polaroid right. is like the name for the type of film, but it's also the name of the brand. Is Polaroid a wizard? An artificer? Ooh. <laughs> or like something they can assume, because that's what I did with the Snapel thing. It's like, oh, this is clearly an elvish potion maker, but really mm-hmm. it just, the bottle actually said Snapple on it. <laughs> they just misread it. Uh Polaroid being someone's name, it could be splendid too, first and last, right? P Polaroid. Oh, Polaroid, yes. Like P oh. with a dot, like it's their first name. <laughs> yeah, P, yeah. Polaroid the artificer. That's a really close to Polaroid, but fuck it. Uh the artificer that made a camera. Blinds people. Yo, it could just be a box that blinds them, like they see it and they're like, oh, uh, so like you push this button and it blinds your enemies. And then 20 <laughs> minutes later, they hear, and like, what the fuck was that? And it's a little <laughs> photo of this person dazed and like, <sighs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes. And then it tells you their AC, like something very like useful information oh. that would have been great then. Yes, but like <laughs> in retrospect, it's great. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, this is a spy tool. We've just made a spy tool. <laughs> if they use it right, it can be very, very useful. They should just start taking pictures of everyone they see. Okay, so let's say they... Roll a dice to see how long it takes for the photo to come out. They're like, oh, you take the photo. They roll the saving throw. They failed. Roll me a D6. And they're like, what? Why? Just do it. They roll a D6 and then we don't tell them why <laughs> until right. the photo comes out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love showing their AC. 
So what if, if they, okay, no, this is probably too much, but if they succeed the saving throw, when the image comes out, what if they're charmed by the image? Cause it's, it's just a nice fucking nice photo. Oh, so but like, they, it's a, it's, if you, if you fail, you're blinded. If you succeed, you're like charmed. Like no, a if minor. you succeed the saving throw, whoever looks at the photo would be charmed because they took a great photo of you. You know, like you were ready to take the photo, but I think charming someone with an image 20 minutes later is kind of weird. I don't know how that would work. Yeah, it gets a little, so maybe, hmm. Not I mean, that's charmed, like a niche like, scenario is like, because yeah. it could easily just be an advantage on charisma mm. or intimidation. Mm. Uh-huh. Interesting. I do like the the blinding. That's funny as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how long would it last? Yo, what if they roll the D6 and that's the rounds, but that's also how many minutes it takes for the picture to come out? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So how many rounds would you be blinded for? Like how like how many? I mean, at a max, it two... would be six rounds. Okay. Okay. Which is and... fine. I mean, like there's a D&D, a second level spell that will literally make you blind for a minute. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So okay. it's not so that what, bad. What about uses? How many uses per day? Hmm. Okay, so maybe this is where they they aren't sure how many uses it has until they run out of photos. Oh. And then they have to like, I don't know, what would something that they would they might have to do to like magically recharge it? Because hmm. I mean, I can't just, it would be funny as hell as if they had to find like Polaroid film and restock right, right. it, but that's like, it's a little too close to real. This isn't an attuned item, right? That'd be too... No, nah, I don't think it needs to be attuned because it has like a certain amount of uses and it's not really that like super useful. Right. A photo that shows their AC like 20 minutes later. Eh, that's a niche item. <laughs> um, it's like dumb things they could do. Take a selfie. <laughs> take, take a selfie to get charges back. Yeah, no. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Yeah, they're going to use it to take a group selfie and then fucking stumble into somebody when they're all blind oh my god the worst thing is if someone else got a group photo of them and now they have all their acs oh <gasps> yo that's dope yeah i know bad. how strong you are and they don't even need the camera they just need to find the photo so like they have to make sure mm. okay so i just had a, a yeah i just had a thought so hmm. this is handy and cool but I feel like there's nothing scarier than taking a photo of a person and then there's nothing in the Polaroid. Ooh. So like, what can't this take pictures of? Oh, that's a good question. Or what can't, because uh, also on the inverse, can it take pictures of ghosts? Yes or no? <laughs> oh, that is a good question. What if it takes a snap, the moment of like someone's alignment, I guess? Based like a mood ring. So you take a picture, you just see like the aura of something. Or is that too OP? What if it shows their AC and their mood rated on a 1 to 10 scale? <laughs> All of them would be red because you just blinded someone. But like, so the mood scale is in code. So it's all like buzzwords. <laughs> <laughs> 5 out of 10, salty. Salty. <laughs> oh, God. Or if the camera's really nice, it could be like, we rate dogs where everything is a 12 out of 10. Mm. What if the flash had different modes? Ooh. So you could take a snap of certain planes if it's attuned to that plane or certain creatures, but like only one thing at a time. 
Yo, what if it just has like a ghost mode? Yeah, I like that. Ghost mode. <laughs> so a ghost mode, a knob you can turn to see the ethereal plane in, mm -hmm. in pictures. It's also not super, like, it's almost like a nerf lantern of revealing because, like, when you take a photo, yeah. you still have to wait. You still have to roll the D6. Up to, what, six minutes is the, the longest you have to wait? Yeah, I think that's good. Six minutes. Mm -hmm. It takes a while to print out the photos. So we yeah. have we have what it does. It can, like, take ghost pictures, which is cool as hell. What can't it take pictures of? So I'm thinking of this because I read, so you know the Untitled Goose Game? Goose Game? Yeah, the Goose Game. Do you know of it? Oh, when you, wait, when you run around as a goose yeah. shit. yeah yeah i saw a dnd post someone made where they were like look here's how you can incorporate the goose into the into your dnd game it's a regular mundane goose not magical can't speak but will show up in places where it shouldn't and it will <laughs> follow your party around if it's killed it will reappear later in like x amount of days and like it's just a, it's like a meme at that point but they specifically put now this one in, is in here to scare your players. And what it said was, little do they know that this goose can't show up in divination magic and can't be seen by gods. So if oh, they ever shit. encounter a god and like, yeah, are you the one that sent the goose? And they're like, what are you talking about? And then everyone slowly <laughs> looks at the goose. Hmm. Like, what are you? But it, hey, it makes me thinking of like things that like just for no good reason, just certain types of magic just won't work on them. And if this is like illusion magic or like divination or something, it's like something that it can't take photos of. Mm. What if it can only take photos of what the holder or the one using it can see with their naked eye? Ooh. Or like if they have detect magic and they take a photo, they can show their team exactly what they're seeing. Or um, Oh, so you like arcana it mess with it? Yeah, like whatever the i guess caster whatever they have the ability to see i mean dark vision won't really be useful because it flashes so it's, it's gonna yeah anything. yeah but like i'm trying to think what are other don't uh asimars have some weird sight shit or no no they can just kind of see like like regular light and dark that'd be kind of interesting mm -hmm. though if it like mimics the vision of the person mm -hmm. like because i've had several times where i had to try to like explain something to the team after the DM explained it to me and I have to like regurgitate it. I'm like, oh, so guys, there's a uh, something right here. I can't really, let me just take a picture of it. Yeah. Wait six minutes, shake it off. <laughs> oh, they have to shake it off. Okay, I'm still stuck on this. What can it photograph? So I love that oh, it can, can only photograph what the caster can see. That's kind of cool. So like if someone mm -hmm. takes a photo with dark vision, it comes out in like photo negative so they can see really well. Yeah. What if, okay, P. Leroyd, he's an artificer. What is one thing that he hates? Or one thing that they hate. We haven't determined that part yet. What if... We can also come up with why this isn't a widespread thing. Oh, maybe it just has to do with, like, the refresh method. It's so, like, obscure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just seems... Huh. Yeah, but why wouldn't people want photos? Well, I'm just thinking of, like, why it never went into circulation as, like, an, oh, um... an, an on-brand artifact. I mean, it could just easily be something as, like... The person got forced out because it's a competitive market. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And someone was like, why would you need to take a photo when I made this stick that will create a perfect illusion of what you just saw? <laughs> Minor illusions a thing, dude. Yeah, I yeah, exactly. Imagine it. Yeah, I can just I imagine it and see it. Why would mm -hmm. you make this cursed thing that blinds me?
<laughs> There's no positives. Hmm. What colors would it show? We're doing black and white or Ooh, hmm. I like color photos. That's fun. Yeah. I feel like if we're kind of like hand waving how this works, color film. I mean it's literally just chem like it has to do with the chemicals and that's it. Yeah. Are some people's eyes gonna be red? Yes, of course. And the party just doesn't know that oh my god. What Yo, if what if oh so if they fail the save oh my god. All right, all right, hold on. So oh. if they fail the save, their eyes were open. <laughs> oh god. Yes. Yes. And if the they succeed the save, their eyes are closed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. I fucking love it. This is great. Oh, it's so dumb in the best possible ways. Do the photos stay around forever or would they like dissolve? Like what, like what are the photos made out of? Or is it like a screen, like a crystal screen that just kind of shows them what they- I like the printout because I feel like it, it, the just mm -hmm. the innate joy and them going, what the fuck was that noise? <laughs> and there's a photo on the ground. That's great. Um, that mm -hmm. has like such a novelty in it. So the question was, would they dissolve or would they just oh, like, yeah. would they be around forever? I like the idea that they're magically around for a long time, but what do you think? Um, they burn up after 24 hours. I, <laughs> no, I, li I like I like the, the idea of them being around forever because I f they, they could do some weird shit with it. And I kind of want to see how this goes. Oh, so what if, like, what if they don't magically decay at all, but if they touch water or something, like Ooh. you spill water on them, they're ruined. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That like way that. you can't like get, impossible blackmail Ooh, what if it has crazy motion blur too like you have to be standing still to take the photo or else that's like old school um, photos you can't yeah. just take a quickie <laughs> yeah you have to like have a steady shot i love this so let's summarize we have camera made by p Leroy, the artificer the flash bulb will blind people with a con save you roll a d6 that's how long you're blinded for it that's also how many minutes it takes for the photo to print out of the little tiny bottom of the cartridge photo shows their AC and their mood rated on like a, a buzzword scale. And the photos can be destroyed with water. The flash has a different knob that can be turned to the ethereal plane. I kind of like the idea if they get it, it's broken and they have to use magic to kind of figure it out because they're wizards. Mm -hmm. It's like okay. a camera in a bargain bin. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know. Should the mood thing be a thing or should it just be AC? I think the mood thing, oh my God, what if this somehow works not because it is like magic, illusion magic capturing an image. What if it is somehow bound to like a spirit that is like creating the images? Just painting them out real quick. And the mood scale is just the spirit like rating them. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. He's just... Uh, he looks kind of looks kind of kind of sad today. You know what? Yeah, we're, we're gonna give him a two. I love that. So it, like, there's a little camera spirit that reads the photos. So what if mm -hmm. what if to recharge the camera you have to give something really specific to the camera spirit? Mmm. Mmm. Okay. So what does okay. the camera spirit like? He go cheesy with like a nice photo, like a super artistic A twenty four cinematic shot yo to recharge it you have to make a performance check with the camera to get a good art uh what if it's like the worst kind of artsy photos oh no <laughs> like they're super <laughs> abstract and the art and the spirit is very picky oh god yeah yeah and the players players would have to describe that shit they're gonna get like two uses out of this thing 
Yeah. I don't know if they can do this. <laughs> okay, so how do we determine how many photos it can take before they have to appease the camera spirit? Mm. I think three is a solid number. So three charges. And then three when they appease the spirit, maybe it's like 2d4 charges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, what if... Oh, oh, what if... Peleroid. What if that's the name of the camera spirit? <laughs> it could oh, also yeah. be the artificer yeah. that made the camera. Which yeah, is he could cool. be. He could be just trapped in it, fucked up when making it, and kind of got sucked into it. That's why there's only one. Oh, you know what? Okay, so maybe I will. Um, I can use the "Hello, my name is" thing for to name the spirit once they figure it out. So let's say the DC is like 15, or yeah, 15. So it's hard to appease the camera, and you can only try once a day. Question, would a photo of a person or creature ever be artsy enough? Like, could they do the performance check while trying to blind someone? Or would it have to be a post when everything mm. was out of... Uh, I think it's when it's out of... When it's out of charges, the camera just doesn't work. Right, right. Gotcha. Because otherwise they can just keep like doing the flashbulb. I do like the idea of something very, very simple not being visible on the cameras. Like birds or some shit. <laughs> Can't photo birds. I can just just know just, just something isn't there. Oh, this will drive them nuts. So it can't photo birds, but what if we just give like a size range? <laughs> like it can't oh, it can't photo birds any like larger than like a melon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. Like just right. something really bizarre that'll get them like, why do you why can it only do this? I don't know. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Or how large is a lizard? I guess it depends on the lizard. Oh, because doesn't doesn't uh, oh Johanna's lizard. lizard? Yeah, it's like a yeah. little lizard. Yeah, whatever like creature category that is. Oh, or it, it just, just can't photo Holly. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Holly's oh. a familiar. What if it can't photograph familiars? Oh, okay. Okay. So wait, 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 wait. It it. What's its focal range too? Like what? <laughs> We're doing telephoto lenses or, or doing oh, see i don't know i feel like it's just one lens yeah yeah that, that makes sense what are familiars technically like what like what so familiars terminology in the dnd D terminology that kind of makes sense because like like you said before the camera can only photograph what the caster can see and familiars mm. are creatures from another plane that are pulled into this one and given form Okay. So, like, what if the camera just can't see that tra that thing happening? Right. Because it knows where they come from. Mm -hmm. So, like, it can't photograph creatures from other planes. That would be, like, the simple thing. Right, right. Um, What if it would there be nothing there? Or would there be, like, a smudge of something? Like, would it be visibly Ooh. something's wrong with the image? I like or... visibly something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, like, at first um. glance, they won't be able to figure out why. Right. Though they might think it's broken. Maybe that's why it didn't sell well. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's just because the camera spirit can like see into the other planes and is like, ah, I can't look at them. It's just they don't right. make sense to my my little spirit eyes. This is like sneaking onto Dungeons and Daddy's territory where you have to like whisper compliments into the gas pipe of a car mm -hmm. to get it gas. <laughs> In Japanese. Like Yep. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Yeah. This is dope. They're definitely going to get this the next time we play. I'm going to make it so cheap that they have to take it. Oh, yeah. It's like in a bargain bin, it's kind of broken, but they know it's what? like kind of magical somehow. What would it 
look like? Like, what would be the selling mm. point to spark it? Because Riley's just interested in all types of magic, right? Mm -hmm. What if it's a combination that he hasn't seen before? Ooh, I don't, I don't know the. Is it divination and conjuration? I like conjuration. That's kind of cool. Yeah, divination is like seeing. I guess it would kind of be divination too because like the, the downside is if we make it magical in any way shape or form riley's gonna want it no matter what um, yeah. yeah the last thing i did <laughs> to get their attention was when they went to mage's row i intentionally made the shop that i wanted them to go into like they were using their detect magic spells and the whole place was just it was like a vibrant alley like a vibrant street full of shops just radiating with hues of magic and there was mm. one shop that had no magic whatsoever oh i have another question does it have a cone of like an affected range? Oh, hmm. Affected range. Because if there's multiple people in front of you, will it just be the one directly in front? Or would it be like... Not oh, yeah. So it's going to have to have a degree range. So what if we say like 30 foot cone okay. or something? That's yeah. pretty big. Mm -hmm. 15 foot cone? That's, 15, like, a, that's like a first level spell. Yeah, 15 is close. It, you, you can only really get blinded by an image that close. Yeah. Okay, so 15-foot cone, for sure. Any creature inside has to make the save. Mm -hmm. Now, would it would the AC thing work for everything that's visible in the photo or everything that's affected by the cone? Well, so I think... Hmm. I think the blindness is separate from the... The AC. Um, I think the, the AC, AC, it just yeah. does it by default. Yeah. And then the cool part is if like there's an easy workaround. Like if a DM's like, oh, I don't want to use this, they'll know the AC of everything. It's like, not if they're from a different plane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that would be scary you're like oh man look at all these mundane guards and one of them is just a fucking smudge and you're like what is up with uh, him that? he doesn't even oh, have yeah. there is numbers written here but they're not in any language i've ever seen <laughs> what's up with that okay so so creatures from a different plane would come out just smudged yeah while the exposure was drying they just took a hard smudge on it oh yes 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 and it's like kind of spooky I love it Oh, this is perfect. I'm absolutely loving this. I think we're at a good spot. Well, sweet. Time flew. Seriously. The world building shit, like, it just becomes a snowball so quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to get through more of these, like, world building episodes. Oh, this is this is amazing. This is a genius idea, my man. Thank you. Oh, hmm. let's do a fun thing. I Thank came you. up with this idea on a whim at the end of another person's episode. Random world building challenge mm. for the audience. Like, okay. could be literally anything. I... When I did it on their show, it was like, we're talking about towns. We talked about towns being built around a well. This town is built around a well that produces alcohol. Tell me why. <laughs> and then it was just like that. Or like one of the ones Tedward's players sent to me was like, here's your challenge. Earth flatters. They know the earth is round, but they would really like it if it were flat. <laughs> mm. Okay. Okay. Let me think. Let me think. You're the first one. No pressure. Oh, the first one. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a town. It just to be like a, no. It a could be literally town. anything. You're like, and it won't be canonical for Asperon. It's just like a, a yeah. It's just a fun challenge thing. to get listeners thinking. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Hmm. It could be. It's like our equivalent of the Mabim Bam final Yahoo. Oh yeah. Where yeah. they don't actually answer the question. Uh. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Random object. Random object. When you say random, I think of everything. I just, my brain just goes numb. I'm not ready for. I get the, option the shock too. It's 
Why is this so hard? (laughs) What the fuck do you mean what I want to do? How do I want to do this? Any human being looks at me and goes, what's your favorite genre of music? And my brain just makes the dial-up tone. (laughs) I just can't. Let's say... No, I just literally thought of like Pokemon. Okay, Um, Pokemon, that's something. No, no. A town where everyone speaks a different language like there's no common language but everyone understands what everyone's saying Ooh, okay i like this because like it could be a simple answer like oh they all know sign language or it could be something really nefarious Um, no one uses the same exact language and every time someone talks it's a different oh they don't have control over it Mm-mm. but everyone seems to understand what everyone's saying so to an okay so okay so here's the challenge the um, the town this small let's just say this small village whenever anyone speaks their words come out in a different language and if you're from the town you can understand exactly what they're saying but if you're not from the town you recognize that everyone is speaking different languages why every other sentence switches oh that's wild yeah it's basically a town that has been conquered by google translate and they can't escape (laughs) (laughs) yep okay listeners that's your challenge tweeted us your cool idea as to why these people can't speak the same language Go for it. That'd be cool. Imagine going into that town and like understanding every other sentence. It's like, oh, fuck, wait. Shit, I know that language. What are they saying? Is it something about like money? Huh? I think that guy said yeah. bagel. I think he said bagel. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I love it. Um, okay, cool. We're at a good spot to wrap up here. Do you have anything you want to shout out? Channels or anything? Or anything you'd uh, like to say to the audience? Don't go to school. <laughs> don't. <laughs> yeah, don't go. <laughs> grift your way through college if if you need to go to school um but if you don't need to you don't need to (laughs) do 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 you do your life yeah i'm bitter enough about college that that's choice yeah Mm -hmm. it's kind of whole theme of the show everybody does a little bit yeah just a little bit when they see that that debt you're like oh fuck it's that number keeps climbing they don't tell you till you leave right you don't think about it until the very last day you're like oh shit that's a big bill this is a fun (laughs) little conversation to fade off at i'm just gonna like slowly decrease the volume as we talk nonsense hello pirates and thank you so much for sticking around if you like the magic item that scruff and i built during this episode you can find a link to it in our episode description I've taken the time to build it out and give it the appropriate stats on D&D Beyond, so you can add it to your campaigns as well. Next week, our small town adventures continue with Alea, Tedward, and Haley picking up the pieces after Thurbash's conflict with Rose. And boy, does it get spicy. The week after that, we continue our break from the Lily to have a world-building discussion with Carolina, Sun, and Nikki from Beholder to No One. Together, We all work to build the legend of the Lily. Yep, that's right. World lore for the boat. And some really cool stories about how it came to be. And maybe some cool third-party characters that want to take the Lily for themselves. It was a blast, and I can't wait for you to hear it. And it may or may not include an awakened T-Rex pirate captain with really tiny arms who has to turn a really, really tiny ship. I'm not going to get into it here. It's great, and I know you're going to love it. Our theme song is titled A New Hero in Town, 
and it was created by Kevin McLeod. We use his work a lot throughout our show, so check out Incomputech Music for more of the really awesome things he does for the community. Our ambient tracks for every other episode are created by Sword Coast Soundscape, which you'll find linked in our episode description, and they also have a huge catalog of content on YouTube and Bandcamp. In addition to that, we've also begun working with tracks from Dark Fantasy Studios. Stay safe, and see you next week.